G'day, mate. 40 here. So I managed to find my way back to civilization. Nice volunteer. Showed me the path, but what the hell is those? Oh, those are water dragons. There are so many bloody things that will kill you in the Australian bush. Oh, man. So uh, time to listen to a little more Steve Saylor. Those, you know, things that are just derived from noticing. You know, just Talking go down the street. Alex Kishuta. Yeah, so it's... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm basically a not uh, caught up with or, uh, you know, the, the the higher level European ideological thinking. But yeah, it's, it's sort of like, oh yeah, your uncle and Charles Murray kind of came to the same conclusions from, from vastly different starting points. And uh, yeah, that's, that should be, you know, that suggests that the two of them are onto something. That uh, there isn't, uh, that there shouldn't be a contradiction. If if you assume for status reasons that um, that the science should disagree with your lying eyes, you're probably kidding yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that was a very uh, useful tool for me to, to bring to my life in, in the Western world. I, I lived in, in Western Europe for a long time, studied there. Um, just being from Eastern Europe, where things are much more, uh, they work a bit more in a, in a straight line, especially after communism, when, you know, the liberalization of noticing really went hard. We People were allowed to notice, and we noticed everything. Um, and uh, we also looked up to the West quite a lot. So when I moved to, to the UK, to London, I was expecting the West. And what I saw was quite different. It was, uh, it was kind of, you know, a, a, a you know, spe- speedy ticket to the third world. And it was really shocking to see how there, were no, there was no um, immune system against it. People were just laying down and taking it. It was incredible. We've especially seen that in the U.S. in this decade. Uh, you know, the, the, the George Floyd mania was so obviously a disaster while it was happening, but, you know, the, prestigi- the prestige class couldn't resist themselves. Their logic led them to ridiculous conclusions, which have, have not been good for the country. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to tell the truth, uh, eventually it's going to turn around and bite you. you need, but, but the issue is that if you don't, what, what goes unsayable kind of becomes unthinkable and even inconceivable. And uh, so we've seen that, you know, with the big increase in crime and so forth since racial reckonings declared you know, 28 months ago or so and um, you know, the people, the establishment just couldn't see it coming even though it had happened before and it happened in the 60s the huge increase in crime and really wrecked a lot of the, the great American cities in the 60s and you know, we saw it on scale with the Ferguson effect after, when, in the first Black Lives Matter era in mid-2010s and then it just came back huge you know, 
So yeah, that which is prestigious is often wrong. That which is populist is often wrong. There's no shortcut to truth. And that which is compelling is often wrong. That which is authentic from the heart is often wrong. And there's no such shortcut to truth. But there are some very reliable tools that have replicated themselves dozens and dozens of times. And uh, the most valuable of all social science tools is the IQ test from Charles Murray. He synthesized the science in the bell curve. Kind of fear-based as well. Like uh, they, they fear what would happen if the, you know, the truths that you feel in uh, about differences in cognitive capacity, differences in crime, you know, uh, rates, uh, where. Uh, so in every society, right, there have been basic truths that you can say out loud. Right, so I don't think that we're unusual in that respect. Right, it's always taken courage to say basic, unpopular truths out loud, and one should not necessarily do that. It's not necessarily to your advantage or to other people's advantage, but somebody should be saying basic truths out loud about elementary matters such as IQ and crime and the connection therein. We're common knowledge. I mean, what, what would America look like? What would the world look like if that was, you know, just common knowledge? People would act according. My, my friend, uh, physicist uh, Gregory Cochran, asks, says, asks, well, how would the world look different? So apparently, my, my journey around the cliffs, a lot of people do it and they get stuck and they have to try to make a swim for it and then it gets rough and they get sucked in and uh, there have to be rescues and helicopters so pretty foolhardy track that I just made around the, the cliffs but it's so fun it's so beautiful it's definitely something you want to do at low tide as I was making the trek, the tide started coming in. I had to surrender to getting wet feet and uh, racing the high tide back to civilization. And then luckily found a volunteer, showed me the one trail up the mountain. Now I've got to get through what, 40 Beach here before the high tide starts. I think we'll be right, mate. No worries. If I was right, and his view is no, it's basically the world couldn't look any different because I'm trying to make up my ideas based on what currently actually exists. Um, now, the question then becomes, would the world suddenly be hor a horrible place if everybody went, oh yeah, actually, um, you know, the bell curve is sensible uh, look at how the world works as it was 28 years ago and things haven't changed a whole lot since then I mean it's I mean I joke that right, about 15 years ago there was a kids movie series called National Treasure with Nicolas Cage running around kind of doing Dan Brown type stuff involving the American founding fathers and the second one book of secrets he discovers that when you get elected president 
you get the key to open up the president's book of secrets that has you know the secret of the kennedy assassination area 51 and all the conspiracy theories are revealed in the president's book of secrets so i'm wondering if like when you become the president of harvard university do does the previous president give you the harvard president's book of secrets which turns out to be a dog-eared copy signed by Richard J. Hernstein of the bell curve, and in it is, okay, this is why we have to have affirmative action focus at Harvard. You know, we're not going to get to a lot of black or, to a lesser extent, Hispanic representation that we think we really need to be at any other way. And... You just can't get there without putting a thumb on the scale 